Welcome to the Designer Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Das, and I am a Canadian social worker, business coach, and private practice owner. I love all things systems, strategies, and step-by-step processes, helping therapists and coaches design a private practice that doesn't only provide practice profitability, but also the time freedom that they had initially set out to achieve. In this podcast, we'll discuss everything from private practice startup to passive income to building automated systems so that you spend less time inside of your practice and more time outside of it doing the things that you love. Let's dive in. Have you been looking for quick templates to help you with starting or growing your therapy or coaching practice? Whether you're looking for practice startup forms, branding kits, a consultation script, or a step-by-step process for writing effective therapist directory profiles, I have you covered. Instead of starting from scratch, check out my designer practice digital template shop on Etsy to find templates that best fit your practice needs. If you're not yet in the market for purchasing digital templates, follow my shop on Etsy so you don't miss a thing. Head on over to the designer practice digital template shop at designerpractice.etsy.com. That's designerpractice.etsy.com. Welcome back to the Designer Practice Podcast, and I'm your host, Kayla Das. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I believe that passive income is the key to flexibility and freedom, and that's because it allows you to spend less time in one-to-one sessions and more time helping people while increasing profits. However, there's one piece of the formula that we can't ignore. It's actually the most important part of any successful passive income stream. And that is having people to hear your message and, of course, purchase your services. You can make the best digital course or create the most well-crafted blogs or even run the most helpful group. But without people knowing that you or your services exist, you won't make any money from doing it. But then I see people internalize the lack of revenue as an issue with them or their service, and they actually just give up, when in fact it's an issue with visibility. And building an audience can help you with that. People can't buy what they don't know exists. And that's why I'm super excited for today's guest. I'm sitting down with Christine Campbell Rappin, business mentor and owner of Clear Acceleration Inc. to discuss the foundations of building an audience that creates visibility and consistent client growth. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, so please introduce yourself, where you're from, and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you work with. Absolutely. So I am Christine. I am a Canadian, and I actually have an interesting story because I've lived in five countries, 30 cities, some more than once, and I knew from a young age that I would be an entrepreneur. I did not know what it would look like, but the quest of being a great entrepreneur eventually led me to constantly being invited for coffee (laughs) because people kept saying, Tell me how it is that you're able to build a business. And my first business, I built one hour a day and still spend weekends in the mountains with your family. And I said, well, I treat my business like a business. And I didn't realize there's a lot of people struggle with some of those fundamentals. And so that led me to the coaching business I have now. I'm a business mentor who helps service-based entrepreneurs create predictable client growth with the clients they want to serve and be well-paid on that journey. Amazing. And just for clarity, you're actually here in Alberta too, aren't you? 
I am here in Alberta, just outside of Calgary. So let's get down to business. First of all, why is it important to build an audience when we're scaling a private practice? I think most people haven't understood the simplest business fundamental, which is your business will be built on strangers. And nobody tells you that when you start. And so whether you think you had a good network to start with, pretty soon you realize that the network you maybe have isn't enough to support a profitable practice, or it's simply a recognition, wow, I I don't know how to create this. And until you can learn how to make friends with strangers and build relationships that become clients, you will always struggle. And I tell people business is actually elegantly simple. It is not effortless. But until you realize that you must build an audience, it feels like treading water. And often you feel like you're drowning. No, I agree. And when we think of, say, passive income streams, whether it's digital courses, blogs, membership, even one-to-one sessions, sometimes we think we can just build something and people will come. And long are the days that that's the case. And Mm -hmm. I often hear people say, you know, I know so-and-so who's have a practice and they don't have an audience and they're thriving. And they've built those relationships, they've built the connections, they've created the reputation, right? The positive reputation that people are talking about them. And that's Mm -hmm. really what you're talking about, isn't it? Absolutely. It's about market awareness. This is where that piece comes down to. You cannot be the best kept secret and see a successful business. And a lot of people say, I call it the Kevin Costner feel the dreams business strategy, build it and they will come. Except for you don't have that reality unless you're the 1%. The rest of us, the other 99, have a field of crickets. And we're wondering, well, what happened? And I said, we were so focused on building the fundamentals of equipping maybe the practice or getting our ducks in a row with staff that we forgot to realize the number one ingredient we started with to actually see the successful delivery is actually the audience. And business 101 shortcut is go to a market that is already seeking and turn their awareness towards you. If you can do that really well, predictably, consistently, you will not struggle for client growth. The problem we will have is people will do this, I would call you in a hokey pokey fashion, one foot in, one foot out. And I said, you know what? That's the highest amount of energy you're going to spend. And you'll burn yourself out. That's why we get overwhelmed. That's why we struggle. But if we can recognize, build awareness every day in your journey, it's smaller bits of work that create a long-term, that 20-year-old business that says, it's easy for me. I don't even know why they keep showing up. And it's all those little things, that 1%, the dominoes that start to fall. But if you're early in your business, you have to be intentional about creating those dominoes, building that awareness, and being intentional with where are you taking people on the journey. That's an excellent point. One of the things that I hear from private practice owners, again, whether it's one-to-one sessions or whether it's passive income, is the fear of putting themselves out there. So tell me how you've mentored or supported people through that fear, or maybe even imposter syndrome, because that comes up a lot too. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing to remember that to be successful in business simply requires that you be a human in business. And I think we don't give ourselves permission to be human. That's where the imposter gets in. Someone is better. They know what they're doing. I can't possibly compete. And it spins around. None of that serves the people who are in the dark seeking. And if you can simply understand that your number one goal as a business is to serve at the very highest level, those that are in the darkness, it's time to put down the heavyweights 
of your own internal chatter and say, if I just realized they don't want me to be perfect, in fact, they would resent it. <laughs> they want you to be flawed. They want you to be human. They want you to be relatable. And your only priority is to be human and show up in the darkness. It is a free pass that makes it possible to make mistakes and still make an amazing business. And the person on the other side is so grateful for the fact that you had the courage to show up for them. Their needs were more important than yours. That honestly, it's such a beautiful beginning. And the more beautiful beginnings you can have, the more passive income you can create, the better business you can create. And honestly, it starts to feel like a lot more fun because we as humans desire connection more than anything else. Right now, none of us are being served by the imposters. <laughs> and I would invite you to show up as human. It gets a lot easier if you just do that for yourself. You know, I always tell therapists that therapists are the best marketers. And the reason is because they are actually in this to help people. So building those relationships, building those connections are easy for them. So when we think of passive income streams and practice growth, what are some ways that therapists and coaches can start building an audience? Well, the first thing is to understand that it is about finding the right audience. And I said, the shortest path is to think, what is your audience seeking? Because in every economy, every economy, people are seeking. And the question is, what are they seeking for? What is the result that they are seeking? And the world today of the digital space means that they're often Googling. They're going to their local book club. They'll be finding their girlfriends around a coffee shop or the sports arena and saying, I need an answer or a solution because the band-aids I've been using are not holding water anymore. And I am in risk of the pattern and I need a break. So I like low tech, high touch, especially for people that are in a people centered business because people will do business with people. And so they need to see you as a person. So I like experiential things, speaking, networking and events. And remember when you're doing that, it's the goal is not, hi, this is my business. It is, hi, I'm a human being and I want to connect to you. What's going on in your world? And if appropriate, you can say, you know what? Sounds like there might be a problem there. Would you be interested in knowing what's on the other side if you didn't have it? And then take the journey with them. But what's really important is to recognize it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated, but find ways to meet more strangers and experiences, low tech ones can be a great vehicle because they're how we build trust. It comes very naturally, it's very instinctive and it's much easier one-to-one or one-to-many in safe experiential ways and then have your audience move towards you as the business owner and says, tell me a little bit about your services Then you hunting and paying for growth. For our listeners, how would you define low-tech, high-touch? Yeah, I would say things that aren't automated. In simple terms, I think we've gotten into this problem. When you are scaling a business, automation is incredibly helpful. But when you're in the beginning phases of trying to build growth, the more you can get into simply conversation, which is very low tech, the more aware you are of fine tuning the offer, more aware of the language you can use to create movement. And so to me, the number one way to create this is to talk to people. And yes, you can do it digitally, but I would be cautious of relying on technology too early in the process. Once you've mastered who is your audience, what are they seeking, what would inspire them to movement, then you can automate. 
And then you can accelerate and you can add value and other income around it. But until you have that first foundational piece, I will tell you, you're wasting money and time and you get indifferent results and wonder what the heck is off. And if you simply think doing more of it and throwing more spaghetti at the wall, it won't work. You have a really good point and something that I did when I started networking with other professionals is reached out to people. Yes, I did it digitally through a email, but what I did is I asked people, would they like to get on a call with me to discuss how we can help each other? Sometimes we send almost an ad to people like, hi, I'm Kayla Das. I'm a business coach. Send clients my way. Thank you. (laughs) Instead of saying, hey, I'm Kayla Das. This is what I do. I noticed that you are in a very similar area than me. I would love to chat to see how we can help each other. Would you like to get on a call with me and discuss how we might be able to, you know, mutually beneficial to each other? or something on that line. And I think that that's what you're talking about. It's sure you can use a little bit of the tech, but really have that personal feel because what's going to happen is if you send out an email, just a random email to someone, they're going to delete it. I've had it so many times. People saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, sell my product. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is. It's the conversation that makes you memorable. It's your humanness that makes people realize you care. And I always think in that low-tech conversational piece, think about how we're in sequence. One of the biggest success drivers of my business has been, who can I serve and what other services might they need? And I built a network in that space so that we're all connecting the dots to help the ultimate result, which is our client who's in the dark and saying, I can help you with this piece because this is my expertise. But when we've helped build the resources, the capabilities, and the confidence to address the problem, here's your next sequence. And when you're in that space, it's that we're not competing. We're actually giving a great client experience. So let's figure out how we could co-create. And I said, it starts by saying, I have no set expectation. I'm not horse trading. I'm not networking in a hit and run capacity. I'm saying, how could we both provide a better experience? And how can we both create value for our businesses on the journey together? And when you start to have that, if you are open-minded, it is amazing how quickly you can accelerate and scale. And I said, that's when it starts to feel effortless. If you're intentional about it, it won't happen if you hide behind your screen. Yes, you can connect on a digital platform, but the initiator must be, we could do something more together. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So from your experience, what have you seen to be the most successful predictor or predictors of future revenue or client growth in businesses or practices? You know, this one's really simple. And I think it's so important that you keep this top of mind because it's so easy to get distracted by all the other things that people are telling you are essentials. And they're not. They're noise. Two things predict your revenue over the next 90 days. And most businesses work on a 90-day cycle. And so you need to know that. The success you have in your business today is from previous activities. The effort you take today will create future client growth and revenue. So there are two. Number one is how many people know about you. So that's the whole visibility piece. If they don't know about you, you cannot expect to have a business in growth. That's why I tell my clients, if you have great growth, still 50% of your time has to be on this. If you are not yet having a full practice, 70 plus percent of your day focuses on this, which blows lots of people's minds. 
And I said, don't worry. It doesn't have to be that you have to meet a thousand people for coffee, but it is about in front of more people, more ways, more often, and being intentional that that is not optional because new people is how growth is created. And you must always be watching your net new client growth because some clients will move on. And you need to have a pipeline of people moving towards you and selecting you as the must hire. So that's number one. Number two is that it is about how many offers you made. If you are not actually presenting a service, a program, something with a result and value, and particularly where the value is exponentially more than the investment, you won't see the income. If you don't have offers, you have a hobby. And that's awesome but you might go broke. And so just be mindful that those two things you have to be tracking, you have to be aware of. And anytime my business starts to soften, I go back and ask myself, how many new people did I meet? And how many relationships am I developing? Both potentially for collaboration, but also for client growth. And two, how many offers am I making? And if I'm not making the offer, you have to be clear you made it. If it's something like, I think I did, but I'm not sure, then no, you did not. So make sure you have a very clear ask and an invitation and the opportunity to say to your client, are you ready to move forward and have a clear process, ideally one that's systemic so that you can repeat it and give the same experience to onboard them and get them moving in the right direction to the result they're seeking. I feel the vibes out there in the listener world. And those two things are things that some listeners struggle with, being visible, putting themselves out there. And second, now I need to pitch myself or pitch my services. What would you say to those listeners that are feeling that uneasiness hearing that right now? What advice would you have for them? If you've ever struggled with the legal stuff in your business, I have two words for you legal templates. Corinne Boudreau, a Canadian lawyer and business owner of Online Legal Essentials, sells affordable downloadable legal templates for therapists, coaches, and course creators. From the Regulated Health Practitioner Legal Template Pack to the Coaching and Course Creator Package to Website Privacy Policies, she has it all. So why not just purchase pre-made templates to avoid all the unnecessary legal headaches? Head over to Online Legal Essentials by checking out kaylados.com forward slash online legal essentials. As a special bonus, use the coupon code EVASPARE10, that's E-V-A-S-P-A-R-E-10, to receive a 10% discount off any of Corinne's digital template products. Go ahead, check out Online Legal Essentials today. Now back to our episode. I totally get it because all of us probably did just take a visceral step back going, oh my God, is that really what it's going to take? Yes, it is. And you can learn this skill. It does get easier with practice. But the first thing to recognize, it's not about you. If you have faith and trust in your capabilities and you're clear on the ability to deliver a predictable result, then you just need to know that the first thing someone does when they say, tell me what it is that you do and what does it cost to work with you? The investment level, they are saying to you, I have trust in your capabilities and your ability to lead me to the results. So you need to take that as a given and park that overwhelm and imposter syndrome in the back row. What's really important is you shift and say, it's not about me. And the simple way you do that is, what is the result you're seeking? And why do you believe I can guide you there? 
And you need to ask that because one, it will first reaffirm so you know, yes, they have a good understanding of me and I'm comfortable making an offer because it's a match. And if it is not, you can clearly say you're not the right client for me and refer them to somebody else because that will happen too in your business. But you get to choose your clients. Remember that. So if you ask, tell me what result you're seeking. Two, why do you think I can help guide you to it? And you have a lane to go in. I'm going to encourage you, lead it and say, okay, to get that result, the package or the program looks like this. This is the next step. Are you ready to move forward? and handle anything if it comes up, but it probably won't because they've told you why they're already in that place to make a decision. And remember that once you have that conversation, they trust you to be the guide. And when you have that moment, it doesn't have to be perfect. The offer can be sloppy. The first time you do it, your bracing might be all over it. You might be all over it, but remember where we started. They want you to be human. And if it doesn't go well, that's okay. I will tell you the first time I made a client offer, I so undervalued myself that when she renewed, I doubled my rate <laughs> because I was like, I was, I just got nervous and I sell myself short. And she's like, I see so much value for sure. I'm going to pay that. So just remember, we don't do it perfect, but we do get better at it the more often we do it. And as we're in that conversation, we're listening to fine tuning ways where people say there's value on the table. You might not even see them yet. But that will help you every other time after that you make the offer because patterns will appear and they'll appear because you were visible with a message that was resonating and the right people are moving into your room to say, tell me what it's like to work with you. And then it starts to be so much easier because you're not chasing or hunting or paying for growth. The right people are finding you because you're visible with a result that they're seeking and they have confidence in you as the service provider. And it's awesome. And it happens. And it does. One thing that I've took from this is really that relationship building. And again, going back to therapists, I think we're the best marketers. Sometimes we sell ourselves short, but mm -hmm. that relationship building, putting our clients first, and that's really what you're saying. You're saying mm -hmm. not necessarily pitch your services, but pitch the results and therapists and coaches are in there to help. And now it's about building those relationships, putting yourself out there and having people know that you exist. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to trust. Trust is the most important and without it, no offer gets made and no offer gets accepted. And I always say when we reach that moment, sometimes it happens by surprise and sometimes you know it's coming, but it's by asking the question, why do you trust me? And having honestly the courage to listen to the result. Because in the world, you're right, of therapy is that it's easy to be of service, but remember, they don't need you. They want the result. They're choosing you as the must hire to help guide them to that result. There's something very specific about you, your humanness, your way you bring it all together that is unlike anything else in the market. That's why your practice will boom. It does not need to be like anybody else's. And in fact, a poor copy doesn't serve you at all. So it's starting to own that piece. And it is hard. I will tell you, it's one of the hardest things to do on your own is to see your own value. But working with other people, listening to other people, being open-minded to having, what is it you see when you look at me? Why do you trust me? What's unique to me? Ask that question. It will be so illuminating. And then once you just own that and saying, I don't stand on a soapbox saying, I am pontificating that I'm awesome. This is why they trust me. 
so what are the foundations that therapists and coaches should have in place when they are building an audience to scale their private practices? Well, the first thing is to recognize what room do you want to be in? This is an interesting one. I think visibility has to be non-negotiable. It's the first pillar of success. And that doesn't mean that you have to be on every social media platform. I think a lot of people misunderstand this because there's a lot of social media gurus out there that'll tell you TikTok is the best thing or YouTube's the best thing or LinkedIn's the best thing. I don't really buy into that. I think visibility is more important. Where is your audience? And you've got to be aware that audience building, they said, can be inexpensive, but it has to be a consistent effort. And you need to figure out where are the conversations happening? Because you need to go into the dark where your client is seeking. And so audience building is number one. Number two is that you have to master your message. And that's a marketing piece. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to have to have sales and marketing in a business. I'm sorry, it really is an essential piece. So learning it is key, or at least understanding it is key. And when we talk about marketing and particularly mastering your message, it's understanding that what are you putting out into the visible space that creates curiosity and movement? And that is what marketing is in very simple terms. People will make it really more complicated, but it's not. Marketing is about communicating, i.e. conversation, for people that are aware, intriguing them with curiosity and getting them moving. I tell my clients all the time, the goal is to get people from the back of the room to the front of the room. That's the analogy we use. And we do it through experiences. We do it by putting content out into the marketplace in whatever that looks like. Old school brochures, commercials, pamphlets, new school, social media. I said, people have to check that you're a legitimate business. So you have to have some visibility. And that message has to be crafted about your values, your results, and the bridge between the two. And you need to be thinking always, how are we connecting the dots? Because people want to be assessing you in that visibility piece of, are you my person? And that starts with trust. It builds in confidence. And eventually, it leads to the third pillar, which is you have to have an offer that is going to be result-driven, that is with more value than the investment level. And those three things, when you have them in sequence, working as a very good engine, you are going to scale. And as that starts to happen, one of the most important questions that we ask every business owner is, what's your capacity to deliver at the highest level? Because you constantly have people, if you keep this engine moving, moving from the back of the room to the front of the room. But you need to know as a business owner, how do you have the life you want? It's not just you in the business. What other peers do you need to be hiring to bringing in board? How do you ensure that the high quality reputation you're building is seen at every touch point? And if it doesn't, and there's a discord, how do we manage that? Because there could be discords. And I said that first impression is a really important one to be checking through conversation by having the courage to ask for feedback and to truly saying, am I serving the people I really want to be serving? And if we're not, and that happens, I just be candid, I don't think businesses talk about that enough. Sometimes we have to fine tune saying, I've made a very successful business, but I'm not sure it's the business I wanted. Now what do I do? I said, you know, you get to choose your business. So then you have to go back to those foundations, fine tune the audience, fine tune your offer, fine tune who you're calling and be constantly seeking what rooms do you need to be in as the business owner? And what rooms will you find your audience? 
And if you're not in the right room, it is your number one responsibility to go back to the fact that two things drive your business, people you're meeting in the offer, and change something. The sooner you change it, the better off. Your business will reflect the life you want. Something you said there that goes into some of the teachings that I share, niching your practice. And even Mm -hmm. if you don't niche your practice, when you go into passive income, it's niching your services and what you're putting out in the world. For instance, one of the reasons why I'm so successful in the therapy and coaching world is because I serve therapists and coaches. There's lots of business coaches out there, but people want to be with people who are specializing in those specific areas or in a specific area that they need help with. And as private practice owners, it's important to acknowledge our values, both personally and professionally. And how does that translate into the offers or the products or even the blog post or podcast episodes, whatever we are doing? How does that translate into that? Because it's always client first. It's always what they need and what they want to see changed as a result of working with you. What's really absolutely true about that is niching to me isn't necessarily industry or age or demographics. I mean, there's some elements in that, yes, but it isn't the real nut of the issue. What it is, is it the intersection point? What is it the intersection point that you want to serve? Because as a private practice, I think one of the things you might be thinking about is I want to specialize in this component, the intersection point, but you might create a whole practice with all multiple of intersection points, but where you need joint ventures or where you need other players is they will serve in another intersection point. You just happen to bring the umbrella to the table and the umbrella can be where you create that passive income. But the important thing is that is to not lose sight of this is the piece that fills my cup. Because I said my number one goal when I'm mentoring people, I said, I want you to have the life you want. What's the capacity? What's the piece that feels like fun? What's the piece that's totally illogical that you want to retain just because it feels like the way you contribute and it feels incredible to do it. It's not always the rational decision. We're saying stay with it because it feels like oxygen for you. Well, let's do that. And then let's collaborate and put other things in sequence where someone else gets lit up on areas you don't. Because you might serve an incredible result by working together. You've already touched on this, but working with people that you love to work with. We all came in to be therapists or coaches for our own story, our own reasons. And although, of course, that can change over time, it doesn't mean that we feel driven or motivated to work with every single person. We're usually motivated or driven to work with specific people, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe someone that we have been maybe our former selves, maybe it's a loved one who had been through a specific issue or concern, and we want to help others experiencing that issues. Or maybe it's that we've worked in agencies before, and we just found that what drives us. But it doesn't mean that in private practice, you have to work with everyone. I think it often comes down to that's where I tell my clients, we hit pause. Is this really what we were wanting to create? And and it, it comes down to slowing down to get an honest reflection. Just because you can serve them doesn't mean you want to and you want to have a business around it. And that's okay. Trust me when I tell you that you do not need to serve the 8 billion people on the planet. You can make a very successful private practice serving a small group of people. People that are going to say, you're my person because you're human, you understand my journey, and I feel like safe space has been created in your practice. I think fear comes down to it. Often I'm fearful of niching. Trust that when you are identified for the results, your clients will find you. 
they're in the audience seeking, they'll be aware of you, they'll start to move towards you. Sometimes we run out of patience and think it's not happening just because it's not happening yet. Check, are we calling the right people? Stay the course. Not everyone's ready to buy today. So you must stay in the lane of visibility and trust that somebody needs you because they're looking for the result and you're the right guide. I love that. So inspirational. So do you have any tips, strategies, or advice to help therapists and coaches wanting to start building their audience beyond the things that you've already touched on? The first thing you can do is go within your peer group and start asking what rooms are you in? I sometimes think that we think we have to find our way, our whole way by ourselves. And it's just not true. One of the most effective questions I ask when I'm out networking to other people in my peer community is, where are you playing these days? So that you can start to see a world beyond what maybe you already know. And as you start to have awareness to the world beyond the walls you already know, it's up to you to say, let me go be curious to learn about it. And if it feels like an opportunity to, again, fine tune your message or meet new people, it might be a priority you can set in your timeline. So I always ask people in my network, what room should I be in? What room are you in? Where are you finding momentum? And be open-minded because it might not be where you think. This is such great information. So you also have a podcast too, don't you? I do. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and what listeners could expect if they decided to tune in? Yeah, absolutely. My podcast is called Amplify Your Marketing Message. And it came about for two reasons. We've talked about them today. Number one, I really wanted to see more businesses create success. And people kept coming to me saying, I don't know what to say and who to say it to. And I started to realize they kept saying, well, it's marketing. And I said, okay, we need to certainly figure that out because they're foundations to create momentum. And so the podcast was created for business owners to help them figure out how can they meet more people, more ways, more often? How do they understand the tools in the sequences of marketing to create scale? And so on the podcast, it was also an opportunity for me as a business owner to build that sequence of people that are connected to the clients we serve. So that when we're in a position saying, you know, I'm great with the clarity piece, I will help you build the foundations. But when you're ready for the tech and you're ready to go up the tech scale, well, here's who can help you with YouTube. Here's who can help you with taking your courses and making them intellectual property protected and you can start scaling them on a global level. This is me walking my talk in the very best way. You'll find tips, strategies, resources, and an awesome group of people that if you need services, don't go to the book of Google who only will be driven by good SEO. Go find somebody who's really great in business and go spend a time having conversation with them. Maybe they'll be able to help. Amazing. So to listen to Christine's podcast, Amplify Your Marketing Message, check out kayladas.com forward slash Christine Marketing Podcast. That's kayladas.com slash Christine Marketing Podcast. Or you can simply scroll down to the show notes and click on the link. Christine's podcast is also on Spotify, Apple and Google. So if you want to listen to her podcast on those platforms, feel free to check it out. Christine, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and sharing this valuable information and insights about building an audience. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you everyone for tuning into today's episode and I hope you join me again soon on the Designer Practice Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.
Please be advised that the podcast advertisements and links in this episode may be affiliate and or sponsor links where Evaspare Inc. and the Designer Practice Podcast receive compensation for sales or signups made through link clicks. This helps the Designer Practice Podcast continue to provide free and valuable content to you each week. Thank you and we appreciate your support.